All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
let me know what the reason is. But I got it. I was hoping it would be dry, but I don't know. It was weird. It was just like a trickle because that's what Very they're like. Well, oh, is it lots? It's not. How like did you notice it? Honestly, I just woke up because I woke up and I felt because it was it was down the side of my. It came into my mouth, I think, right, and it dripped in or something. And you're just like, what the? So, because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a cannibal. I don't really like the taste of blood. So, mm, very odd. That's yeah. odd. You know we what I was doing though. Speaking of sleep, and uh, I, you know, we talked a couple weeks back about my journey to better health. I got this thing called hostage tape where you tape your mouth shut to go to sleep so that you don't breathe out of your mouth. You breathe out of your nose only. And the idea is you stop snoring and try and cut down on amount of time you're awake at night. So Hmm. you could like, if you, if you had to, it's, it's still breathable. Like you could still breathe through it. It'd just be harder. But the point is it keeps your lips closed so that you can sleep just using your nose, which is, you know, scientifically way better for sleep. Anyway, I've been trying it this week and I, I have dreamed and like remember my dreams for the first time in months. So I'm wondering if it's working. Hostage tape. Yeah, it's called hostage tape. This is not a paid sponsorship. They did not pay for Hmm. my 36 mouth strips, but does your wife say you're snoring less? She said, I'm not snoring at all. Cause see, I'm a mouth breather for sure. So Uh, I I went from snoring like an animal to not snoring at all. And you can still sleep. Did it take a while to fall asleep? No, it's, it's shockingly feels like normal. It's not a nuisance. It's not like painful. It stays put. It doesn't move. It's like when you rip it off, when you rip it off in the morning, does it hurt? Nope. Nope. It's, Hmm. It goes nicely over hair, like facial hair. Like it's like really no issue at all. It doesn't rip off, like it. So, cause I like to. Yeah, yeah, it does not pull your hair. It's just like, it's like sticky enough, but not too sticky. If that makes any sense. Huh. They've like designed it perfectly. It's not, a, there's nothing about it. That's a nuisance. Hmm. All right. Well, that's good. But it, the point it? is it forces you to breathe through your nose. Yeah. And makes, makes sense. that's way better sleep. That, that makes sense. Your nose is there for breathing. All right. Well, who knew? Good good sleep last night. We almost had some bloodshed potentially last night. I wish. Bin- Binnington, um, and anybody who was watching the St. Louis-Minnesota game, there's tons of goals. And uh, after one, late in the game after Minnesota, I don't know if that was goal seven or eight. I can't remember. And, um, of course, Hartman skates through, and he does clip after the goal. He clips Binnington. That's obvious. While well, he snaps, comes in with the, with the blocker shiv, and, uh, you know, his mask comes off. Flurry was down the ice quickly, but unfortunately the linesman jumped in. Like, this is the one time I'm like, everybody in the NHL has wanted to see if Bennington can match the bravado that he's shown all year long, and we got robbed of it. It's brutal. Don't we already know by now? Like, haven't we seen enough of the fake tough guy acts? But he was going to fight. Like, they were there. We was he really, it. though? It was kind of one of those, like, let me, I, I tweeted this gif. Uh, last night in the exact moment as it was happening. And it was like, it was the scene from Lion King. It was, it was, uh, you know, innocuous enough. Like, let me at him, let me at him. And then as he's going, he's like, hold me back. Like that, that's, <laughs> that, that's what it was. Yeah. Well, maybe, I, to but... me, it's classic, classic fake tough guy from Jordan Bennington. And I, and you know what? Uh, we were all over, or a lot of people were all over Tony D'Angelo 
a couple weeks ago when he uh, speared Corey Perry in the jimmies. How about Marc-Andre Fleury saying after the game that Bennington hit a guy on the wild in the, quote, nutsack after the game? <laughs> so you, you you hit someone in the nutsack, and I love how Fleury was like, am I allowed to say nutsack? Well, he hit him in the nutsack. So he, he did that, and then after giving up a goal, then hits Hartman and, with his blocker, which I just think – if you've ever gotten hit in the face by a blocker, it's one of the cheapest things you can do. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of in this, you know, before that even happened, he was skating out of his crease and mouthing off at the wild bench. Like you've given up four goals already at that point. As Craig Berube said a number of months back, just stop the puck. Like that is a, like there are, I find to be few scary people in the NHL. Craig Berube is one of them. If you have spent any time around that man, he is a very large individual who does not mess around. Tough as nails. Do you think he's sitting there on the bench amused by his goalie about to get tagged for five goals again with this fake tough guy act? It's like, it's beyond old. Give it a rest. I don't disagree with you. And that's why I'm more disappointed. I would have liked to have seen, can he actually chuck him? Maybe, maybe he'll shock us and he can, but I would like to have seen it. And, and I was impressed by how quick flurry was not only down there, but was mask off ready to rumble. The old dog wanted a piece he, of him. But he had said oddly enough in the week or two prior to this, that it was one of the few things left in his career that he hasn't done that he would <laughs> like to do. So he yeah. was ready to go. Oh, that's good. Hey, you know what? I hope the GMs were watching Frank because the GM meeting, there was a talk about, you know, trying to reduce more fights and different things like that. I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, I talked to Mike Rupp about it the other day and Rupp said, you know, when I played, I never, every time I was never jumped, you chose to fight. And so when, when you look at some of the recent situations of players, you know, after big hits, obviously the Trouba one on Kadri, Kadri's helmet comes flying off. I get why his teammates are like, hey, wait a sec. Maybe that's a shot to the head in a quick second decision. And so it's Dylan Dubé who jumps in, not a known pugilist by any stretch of the imagination. Truba, Truba's like, I'll take that fight all day. And, you know, you look at the, the Nugent Hopkins on Hall. Nugent Hopkins not a fighter. I think he's fought like three, maybe four times. He sees Yamamoto get popped, a guy who's been out with concussions a few times this year. And in the spur of the moment says, hey, let's go. And you saw him. He asked him. He didn't jump him. He asked him, and Hall's like, okay. And he fought. Like, I, I really don't have an issue with it at all, and I, I don't I don't really think it's necessary whatsoever to look at it. Because, guys, who the other game, some guy hit McDavid, a nurse asked him to fight, and he just skated away. No, hit his knee, skated away. So you don't have to fight. You can make well, that's, it. I, I, that's the point, I think, is the, the penalty should be put in place so that you don't have to. It should be a more, more harsh and strict penalty for the idea that every hit, this is a physical league. The point is there's, there's big checks and should be all the time. If you throw one, you shouldn't all of a sudden have to feel like you need to defend yourself. And in fact, why is it that you also end up going to the box when tangling with a guy? Craig button made this point. I saw on social media on Wednesday, he goes, it needs to be removed from the game immediately. It's called the defend yourself rule. If someone comes after you after a big hit, you all you don't also get penalized, provided that the hit was clean. You may have to defend yourself 
and you know, whatever it takes, but you shouldn't also be going to the box for five minutes for fighting because you did nothing wrong. And I would agree, but there's the key caveat in what you just said and what Craig said. If it's deemed clean and okay, here's the stat. This is the stat that uh, you love stats that um, Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner gave is that when there are fights following a big hit, 89% of them came following a clean hit. Okay, the players have the, they do not have the ability in real time. And frankly, we need to slow the, the video down in order to properly assess the most exactly. of the time that they just run and jump the guy anyway, clean or not. And so the fact that um, the vast majority of them, 89% of them are clean is an indication that we don't need to be doing this. And I'm not, look, I'm not one of those guys that's sitting here saying, take fighting out of the game, not by any stretch of the imagination. I like fighting and I think that there's a place for it. My issue is this, this is BS. It's a physical, this didn't happen in, in the nineties and early two thousands. Anytime someone threw a big hit, you had to answer for it with a fight. How dumb is that? No, I, I would agree. But here's my question. If you go back and you watch the Nugent Hopkins one's a prime example, he skates over six feet away. Do you want to go now? Hall could have said no, just like the guy said no to nurse. That's my point. So there's still, the players are choosing. It. And I think just Hall says yes, because it's like, well, it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know, like, it's not like we've got noted pugilists. It's not like Reeves and Gadjevich and, you know, Lucic and other really of the tough guys are going after lightweights and non-fighters. So I guess that's where, where my, my thing comes in here. If Nugent Hopkins skates up at any point in the game and says, do you want to go to Hall? And he fights him. Yeah, it came three seconds after a hit, but is it really any different? I'm with you. Yeah, so I uh, we'll see where it goes. I just I think it's going NHL, nowhere. Is the point? The league doesn't feel the need to change anything. Good, good. That's all I'm saying. I think I like some some raw emotion in the game, some unexpected emotion in the game. We're not seeing guys clubbing each other over the head. We're not seeing, you know, sucker punches from behind. Uh, we're actually, the, the head shots in the league are down significantly since they put that rule in, which is great. And so, you know, we have seen an increase in tilts here lately down the stretch, Frank, but I just think that's the intensity of the season, right? There's lots of teams on it. It's, um, you know, and maybe, lots of maybe frustration for teams that are on the edge that looks like their season's going the wrong way. Yeah. So. And lots of guys fighting for jobs for next yeah. year. I, I, I don't like mind it. it. It's, uh, you know, there's, especially because it's a lot of guys who aren't regular pugilists. You can tell the fights are coming from actual raw motion in the game. And I, I think that's great. The stage fights are gone, thankfully. We don't see mm -hmm. that very often anymore. So I think that's uh, excellent. Do you think it, do you, this is an odd question, but I, I was, I was talking about this the other day. Um, I went to go watch a local high school game and, I was talking to my cousin who's a, he's one of the, the assistants at the university of Vermont. And he was saying that guys don't pretty much at the college level. And obviously at, at all the youth levels guy is it's really like 10 to 20% as physical as it used to be. Like guys do not throw big hits anymore. I wonder if we're going to see a total, like by the time these guys that are growing up now make it to, the NHL or make it to the AHL or whatever it is. Do you think we're going to see a total change in the, the amount of physicality in the game? Well, I think we have for a few reasons. The speed of the game 
it's difficult to catch a guy in the trolley tracks, especially at the skilled level. You, you see at the lower level of youth hockey where kids aren't as skilled, that's where you actually see bigger hits. I, mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know, there's videos of it and you know, a guy getting his clock clean and it's usually at the lower levels because they put their head down more or they're a little bit slower. Um, is it also uh, energy expenditure? Yeah, but the game is the game's quicker. It's harder to hit guys, and that's why when you see a big hit, a clean hit, I think it kind of riles people up, good and bad, both ways. And the, the team that's on the receiving end is like, what? We got to get them because you just don't see it very much anymore. And a lot of players, you, you don't have guys like defensemen now, Frank. It's all about you got to be able to skate. You got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to move the puck, heady play. You know, if you can rub a guy out, great. If you can be physical here or there, uh, I still think you'll see it at the NHL level because it's your job and it's your profession. And as, as veterans get eight, nine years in the league, like Jacob Truba wasn't this physical his first three years in the league. He was physical, but I would think he's really up that element of his game here the last year. And why do you think that is? Is it because do you think people people obviously fear him now? Yeah, well, that it, it's too, it's something he looks and says, okay, what's an element of my game that I can bring that's going to be make me more of an impactful player without because you don't rarely see Truba running out of position and blatantly missing guys, you know, and putting him like when he hits a guy, it's it's, it's like that Codger hit is still one of the most textbook hits, yep. crossing over back. Like I don't know how you, like if you were wanted to show a video of how to deliver a clean hard body check, that would be right up there. It was textbook perfect, but. I'd love to talk to Jacob about it because to me, I think it's just something he's focused on and he's worked on timing and cause it's really, it's a lot of timing, right. And the willingness to want to do it. Well, that's the other part of it. So do you think that it's just, it's also not being coached as much because when you think about the idea of the, like the true nature of the check is to separate player from puck mm-hmm. and that it's just as easy and way more efficient to do it using your stick or using, you know, whatever else you stick on to close stick on talk, Frank. It's taught at, uh, I've, yeah, I've done to coaching close clinics off players now, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing they're taught is you want stick on puck. Um, just because even if you go for the hit, sometimes if you get a piece of them, but the guy maybe spins off it and still going, well, now you're big out of time out of position. So yeah, stick on puck has, has been increased. Even, you know, when, when they're going for puck boards and battles and the guy has the puck, there's such an emphasis on try to get the puck, you know, lots of body checks, like watch the playoffs when they come. A lot of the body contact comes after the puck is moved and people will say, well, it's, it's pointless. And I'm like, no, it's not pointless because it, it can wear guys down. Right. And you just, you want to make the guy think that, oh my goodness, the next time I got to move the puck quicker. And if you move it quicker, that's potentially when turnovers and errors occur. Sure. It's just an interesting thing to think about. Like we're always thinking, Hey, um, what's the next iteration of the game. And I think one of the, subtle brilliant things about what Gary Bettman has done with regards to fighting I truly believe and by the way interestingly this comes um the day after we get news that one of the three major junior leagues in Canada is going to fully outlaw fighting in the Quebec major junior hockey league next season fighting just not allowed anymore the one of the true brilliant things Bettman has done is instead of engage the traditionalists and engage, you know, the sort of people that are clutching to the fabric of the sport about fighting is just institute rules that make it faster. And those guys will become extinct anyway, mm-hmm. which is what's happened. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and you're going to you end know, up with only a handful of guys all year that are really even willing to do it. 
Yeah. And how many more years until you will find a few that aren't, you know, more that, you know, just there's only one or two guys. Eventually it's just going to go out on its own. I think. Well, we've seen that. That's it's a rotor, but you, I still think that's why you see a few more tilts now, Frank, because you have a lot of guys who aren't training to fight. So the risk of, of getting hurt in a fight lowers significantly. Like you remember when guys like Bogard and Bugard and McIntyre and, you know, Goddard, like those guys were George Lorac, you know, 250, 64, like they were, and they were training some of them, not George as much, but the, those guys were training to fight. They played four or five minutes a night and that was their job. And that was a terrible job. Every one of them would tell you, yeah, it was great to be in the NHL, but to just do that sucked. So I'm happy we don't have that. Like that was like a nineties, early 2000 thing. And thankfully he's gone. But nowadays you get back to, you know, go look at the fight totals of guys around the league. There's lots of guys with one or two fights of players who had one or two career fights, maybe three, right? So they're not known pugilists. And and I think the risk of getting injured, of, of like getting your, you know, KO'd is infinitely lower now. Like the only guy, like look at the big fight. It's still when the big guys go. Did you see Lucic the other day? Like mm-hmm. you still go against those big guys, man. There's a risk, but they're few and far between of players like that. Well, and you see guys that are afraid oh yeah they're, they're, they want to take the fight because they want to try and make a name for themselves but at the same time i think it was ryan reeves and uh boko Amama from yeah. uh the arizona coyotes the other day like that i'm not even sure what that was <laughs> yeah they lost their balance it was a dance yeah they lost their balance now i want to move on before we get to some of the, the games in the playoff race i want to do a shout out did you see well for sure it's the flyers goal of the year frank and it should be up there nick consideration Seeler? for goal of the year for nick sealer first of all because it's nick sealer but he dances theodore and McNabb and roofs it on quick that was one of the nicest goals you'll see from a player that you don't expect. It, I put it on my Twitter feed for anybody who hasn't seen it. But shout out to Nick Sealer, man. That was unreal. Yeah. He's been a great story. He, um, so I don't know if you know this about Nick Sealer, but he took the entire 2020-21 season off. Yep. Did not play hockey. And he, he has made himself into a really useful player for the Flyers this season. And there was some legitimate interest from teams, I think, to try and trade for him given the value of his contract that it's not often you see a guy at age 29 or 28 um, begin to, you know, carve out a full-time NHL career. We've seen it more of, of late, I think, um, just in the last sort of couple seasons. Uh, Jacob Middleton was someone that, you know, really sort of late in his career, he became um, – you know, a full-time NHL player, but even still he was 26. Um, Sealer had one full-time season before that guy is tough as nails. Um, The other guy that comes to mind that sort of kind of came out of nowhere this season to have a really strong season was uh, Jacob Megna in San Jose. Obviously he goes to Seattle, but teams, if you can play and you're at that, you know, 750,000, 775,000 league minimum teams love you. Like they're going to try, they'll get you any day of the week, especially a playoff team. Well, look at Vincent DeHarnay in Edmonton, right? He's 26 years of age. He never played an NHL game. He was on an AHL deal up until last March. 
And then he signed a two-year entry-level deal that starts this season and next. And, you know, and those what? I was told this summer that teams tried to acquire Vinny DeHarnay from the Oilers and they wouldn't, they wouldn't budge. Yep. Well, hey, when, when you're six foot seven, Frank, and, and, and you can move, as a lot of GMs have told me, when you're that big, you don't have to be as good because you just take up so much room. And, you know, DeHarnay, you watch over the next few seasons of, of a big guy like that who creates a lot of space, is competitive. You know, he'll work even more now. I've talked to Vince, and he's, he's so fired up to be in the league that a guy like that who started in the ECHL never, you know, he was drafted in seventh round, but never got an entry-level contract. It was always on AHL deals. You know, those guys are hungry. They've, they've been in the ECHL, the AHL on, on a no guarantee pro contracts. You get life in the NHL. Like he talked about how his first road trip, he was just like, we're on a private jet and oh my, never flown like that before. And, you know, he meets his brother um, on the road and his brother's crying. They're really tight and his family. And he's just like, like, I'm not going back. Right. Like he's so motivated now that you've lived on the other side. You're 26 and you get a taste of the NHL. And, um, and it's also, I think, it just shows you the development curve of so many players is so different, right? Whether you're 18, 24, 26, Sealer at 29, like lots of guys who put in the work in the offseason now can really improve their skill set. Yeah. The amazing thing about DRNA and the season that he's had is just the Oilers win percentage or points percentage when he's in the lineup. I know he's not playing major, major minutes and it's not all correlated to him, but they're 16, 5, and 2. So, 18 out of the 23 games that he's played, they've gotten at least one point. It's kind of a crazy stat. Yeah, it's pretty solid for him. Now let's get to the uh, to the races, Frank. Um, you know, every day now, every game matters. And you, you know, last night the Islanders needed a win; they got it over the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Buffalo, that's a tough loss. Uh, you give up a two goal lead in the third, you still get a point. But uh, the race in the in the Eastern Conference, uh, Florida is is. Points percentage just slightly below uh, the Islanders, but actually if they win their games in hand and they got a, a f- an easier schedule uh, down the stretch, you know what? That's a race. Uh, Buffalo, they got three games in hand. Now they're six back, so they still have a chance. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like Florida's odds a little bit better, but, you know, it's still a race in the East. In the West, it's really down to Nashville. I think Calgary, that loss to Arizona – um, in overtime was crushing yeah. on the nights that the Jets lost. And I just, Nashville, now Nashville has the second hardest schedule, depending on, you know, who you talk to, um, you know, the, the pro-rated based on current, uh, you know, standings and stuff like that. But, you know, even the Preds, man, they're hanging around. I'm, I'm surprised. I give them a lot of credit. They traded off a lot of guys, and they're still in the thick of it. And we're just not seeing anything from the Jets to kind of pull away. Like, that's sort of what you're waiting for because it'll end the race. It's not going to be about what Nashville does or, or Calgary does. It's just as long as Winnipeg turns it around a little bit, even a 5-5 five and five or 6-4 and four run of 10 games is going to close it out. Yeah, well, and the Jets, they had those two huge wins in Tampa and Florida, right? That started because they had a stretch of Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and they play Boston tonight. And then their and schedule gets pretty easy, I yes, think, after that. way easier after that. Now, there's a huge game on Saturday, though, the Jets and the Preds, right? Head-to-head. Which, uh, But after that, the Preds got San Jose and Anaheim and Arizona and Detroit and St. Louis. So, yes, um, their, their schedule eases up uh, a bit. But that game, uh, the Predators... To me, I think you got to win that game on Saturday, and, and you got to win it in regulation. Hmm. Well, let's. Uh, so what? So, out of the sixteen playoff spots, how many total 
would you say are already spoken for or accounted for? 14. So Pittsburgh is in. Yeah. And I think uh, um, the, the first wild card in the West is in. Okay. So then how many teams are vying for those final two spots? Do you include Washington or Ottawa or are they both out? Well, Ottawa, definitely I would have out. Um, Washington, probably. They don't have games in hand. So um, I will say five. I think Buffalo is teetering. Right, uh, They're on the brink. But technically, if they win their games in hand, they're tied. And even if they win two out of three, they're only two points back. So I'll say Buffalo, Florida, the Islanders, and then Nashville and Winnipeg. Okay, so there's 19 teams in the mix. Am I Is my math right? Yeah, that'd be right. 19 for 16 spots. Beats last year, I'll tell you that. We knew all eight in the East in January, and the West was no fun either. So how late do you think this will go? Like, will it come down to the final week of the season? Will it be April? What Will we know in the next seven days? Uh, no, I don't think so, because I think Florida, we just talked about their schedule. I think the Panthers are the – I give the Panthers the best of the teams that are on the outside right now. I think they have a realistic shot. Um, the, the Islanders, I just, they don't score enough, Frank. So that's going to, you got to defend so well every night and they've got an elite goaltender. So that helps them. But yeah, I think Florida and the Islanders are going to go right down to the wire. I think we're going to talk last week of the season for that position. Hmm. I could see like if Winnipeg wins on Saturday, head to head against Nashville in regulation, Frank, I think probably that could be, over. that could be the, uh, you know, it's not, I know it's not mathematical, but I think that's a real, um, shot to the nutsack as, uh, Ooh. Mark Andre Fleury would say. Ooh. So. Right in Aunt Betty's nut butter. Yeah. Um, now, I got a question for you, Frank, because as you know, I love looking up numbers and projections. And Leon Drysaddle uh, scored his 100th, uh, 100th point for four times now in his career uh, on uh, Tuesday night. He uh, He's the 27th player in NHL history to have four 100-point uh, seasons. He's six goals away, though, from getting into real exclusive numbers. He would be only the, the 14th guy to have uh, three 50-goal, 100-point seasons. Like, McDavid's never done that. He's, this is his first year. And he'd also be only the 12th player to have 50 goals and 50 assists, which, of course, adds up to 100 points. But a guy like Brett Hall was never able to get to the 50-assist mark when he was getting all his goals. And I look at Drysdale, and, and when you look at the European centers – I think Leon Dreisaitl has a legit case that he's on pace to become the greatest European center of all time. I'll give you the names. I was going to say my brain isn't functioning okay. perfectly so here's, this morning. Here's so the what name. Is, what, okay. Peter Stashny, who now he has limited games played, but Peter Stashny, man, for a decade was unreal. He's the second highest scorer in the league behind Gretzky. So I put Peter Stashny in the conversation. You have um, Evgeny Malkin, who Dreisaitl's on pace already. He's, he's ahead of him. You have Pavel Datsuk. You have Sergei Fedorov. Um, now, the highest scoring European center is Matt Sundin at uh, 1,349, and Drysaddle's on pace to, to eclipse that. So when you look at where he's at now, do you think he has a chance to be considered the greatest European center? You can't say player because there's Ovi and Jaeger, so I'll say center. Yes. I think he has, unfortunately for him, some individual hardware like just to catch up to Malkin like he's got the heart of course and he's got the Art Ross and he's got the Ted Lindsay which is yeah but I'm, I'm thinking three yeah, Stanley, the, the Cups, Stanley and, Cups and a Conn Smythe like 
Yeah. That's a big diff. That's a big differentiator. But when you look at it at his totals though, Malkin hit a hundred points three times. He had a, a bunch of other really good years, but also missed a lot of games. Well, how about this rank through the first eight years of their career? Malkin missed 102 games. Dry Saddles missed eight. Like, I think durability matters. It does matter. I agree. I think it's what is ultimately going to change the viewpoint of Malkin's legacy. 1,218 points in 1,048 games. That's a big deal, that point-per-game ratio. But he has to have missed a couple hundred games in these last 10 years. Oh, without, well, he missed 102 in his first eight, and he's missed. Yeah, he's, I bet you if I counted the rest, he's for sure over uh, over 200. And that, you know, that's unfortunate because he probably would be at a much higher clip because when he's in the lineup, he's a dynamic player. Like, I think if Jenny Malkin's a first ballot Hall of Famer when he was retires, there's no doubt in my mind. No doubt. But I, I do think that it will, his status on the all-time point production, and durability does, when you get into the greats of the greats, you know, durability matters. Lemieux would have been the second leading scorer of all time. You know, and unfortunately, you know, health issues is what limited him, right? But it'd be a no-brainer. He'd have been a 2,000-point player plus. So, I'm just trying to think because he's the sort of modern-day comparable, right? Like, is is Dreisaitl is more dynamic than Malkin, no? Uh, When I think of Malkin, I kind of think of brute force. I think where Drysaddle's better is well, what Drysaddle's done. Malkin scored fifty once. Drysaddle has really, you know, we talked earlier about Truba. When Leon Drysaddle entered the league, everybody talked about his passing skills, and they were elite, and they still are. I, I would argue as a backhand passer, I think he's the best in the league. But what he's really he might be the best backhand, one of the best backhand passers ever. Yeah, him and Datsu, Crosby's, few other guys. You look at what Drysaddle has done that a lot of players haven't been able to do who were passers, was become a shooter. Like Leon Dreisaitl over the last five years has the most goals in the NHL. He also has the highest shooting percentage. He has the 14th most shots, but he has the most goals, right? And people will say, well, shooting, because I remember when he scored 50 the first time and he had a 21% shooting percentage and everyone's, ah, it's unsustainable. You can't do it. Well, it's five years in. You know what his shooting percentage is in five years? 20.3%. He's a guy who doesn't he's, – he's a high-volume shooter. He's not like Matthews or Ovechkin by that stretch. But he doesn't waste a ton of shots, and he's incredibly accurate. And so he's become a finisher when he wasn't really looked as one early on in his career. So read me those names again. Stashny, Datsuk, Fedorov, Sundin, Malkin. I think he's on he's on track to eclipse them all. Yeah, like I definitely think he's going to eclipse them all in points for sure. Right? Yeah, I just I just mean in terms of like if we were to do an NHL top 100 ranking, I think he's on track to eclipse them all. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? It's just he gets over and because there's still lots of people that say, oh, it's because of McDavid. I really don't think they watch the games enough to make that claim. No chance. Um, you, 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 good players have to have good players. There's lots of guys who played with McDavid didn't come close to the production. So that, that argument goes out the window. Right. And I think you know, he would be doing this playing on any other team in the league. Yeah. He's, he's becoming a really elite player. And like, I look at those two when their contracts are done, Frank, neither one's going to have the opportunity to play with a better player. 
So that's why I wonder if they just stay together. Now, they might not sign long terms, but what if they sign like three or four year deals and get big money? I still could see that happening. Hmm. It would well, make luckily sense. Luckily for the Oilers, they don't have to think about it for a little bit. Yeah, they got a few years uh, for sure. And that's an absolute in. bargain for dry yeah, Well, yeah, dry settles on one of the best deals in the NHL. No question about it. And even Connor McDavid, who leads. Hey, Connor McDavid's, um, you know, at, if you go, Frank, by uh, one point per uh, every 10 points is a million bucks. Well, McDavid's uh, he's twelve point five cap it, and he's already at one hundred twenty nine points. So he's uh, a yeah. he's, he's going to eclipse that. And like you look at him and and where he's at, Frank. There's only been twenty three players ever to score one hundred thirty points. He's at one hundred twenty nine. He'll join that. There's only nine who have been at one hundred forty. He's going to join that. There's only five who are at one fifty. He's on pace for that. The 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 real question now, Frank, is McDavid is on pace for one fifty six. Only Lemieux and Gretzky have ever scored 156. Stevie Eiserman at 155, very close. Does McDavid get in the 156 club? I think he does. Like that's that's mind blowing to me because the last few years we thought, oh, you know what? Maybe he could get to 130. We thought 130 would be a big high bar mark. My prediction for last year was 150. I was just a year off. Yeah. Oh, after it, because of the 56 gap, people thought he couldn't maintain that. And clearly he has. So, yeah. and you look at players now, Frank, I think McDavid's entering his, his prime window here. I could see him pushing 130 if he stays healthy, 140 points here for multiple seasons in a row. And that's remarkable because, you know, guys outside of Lemieux and Gretzky, no one's ever done 150 twice. Right. Esposito's done 140 twice. So, you know, give Phil the thrill a lot of credit. I, he was the first elite scorer in NHL history. No mm-hmm. doubt in my mind about that. And he probably gets overlooked a little bit. But what you're seeing in McDavid is something that a lot of us thought wasn't going to be realistic again. And, you know, it makes you wonder like, could 160 be a possibility in the future? I, I don't see why not. Oh. I love it. He's just getting better. Yeah. I don't think he's actually reached his peak yet. He's not even at the peak of his powers. And we should do our update, Frank. As much as the playoffs are exciting, there's a there's a, a chunk of fans who the excite because when they see McDavid, and again, I'm not comparing him. I don't think Bedard's going to be McDavid, but Bedard could be very good. He could be a franchise altering player for you. And really? I don't know if you watched the San Jose Columbus game, and that's why I've argued, Frank, you can't tank. The management, you can think you're tanking. Johnny Gaudreau scores five points. Columbus, in that game, had they lost, they would have created a five-point cushion. But they win, albeit in uh, in overtime. And the race now for the uh, the Bedard is, is down to Columbus, San Jose, and Chicago. I think Anaheim Anaheim's put themselves out, Frank. They're, they're too good. So, although Columbus does have games in hand, so maybe. Yeah, I don't, I see, I would disagree. And check out, check out our Bedard tracker, Bedard watch on dailyfaceoff.com. Our guy, Stephen Ellis, does a great job updating it every morning. But one thing you have to remember is the Coyotes have the Sens first round pick. And the Sens, I think, right now are in 10th place when it comes 11. to the lottery. 11. So they're in the so, last spot for it. Yeah. Yeah. But they get, so now because of the, the way the odds work, you add the two of their, those odds together, the coyotes and the senators sends. So that's nine and a half percent is their shot. 
Oh, baby. So, and the ducks are nine and a half percent. So nine and a half for the ducks is not really all that different than 11 and a half for the Blackhawks. But yeah, fair. Yeah. So, Hey, the ducks, uh, yeah, don't rule them out too. That's uh, I guess I was looking for the best odds, but if you combine them, yeah, no question, but it's uh, I still think honestly, when you look down the stretch, the sharks have a really tough schedule, Frank. I could see Columbus catching the Sharks and San Jose ending up uh, 32nd. Well, it's neck and neck. So, like, quite literally, each point matters. And I'm still on record, as I think. If I'm Connor Bedard, Columbus is my number one choice of the bottom five teams. So Okay. But I haven't spoke to him about that, Frank. That's that's my opinion. I don't think, on. yeah, that wouldn't be my choice. <laughs> I'd be saying, get me to Chicago. Why? The I city's live, better, but the team's going to I want to live in a big boy city, and I want to be the guy that turns everything around. They start building around me. Uh, or you go to Columbus, so they've never had success, and to build around them and the can and the go. They're, that fan base, man, in Ohio, I'll say this. Like, look at them. They're still selling out games, and their team's terrible. That's huge No, I, I've never questioned their fan base. Not one bit. All, my only point was, from a league business perspective, and I said this a million times, you pulled a hundred casual sports fans and showed them the Columbus Blue Jackets logo. They couldn't name the team. Maybe he changes that. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe he, they become the Golden State Warriors. We'll find out. Let's bring in uh, Ty Uremchuk. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing great, gents. Uh, wasn't really paying attention. Was filling out my March Madness bracket. That's going today. Who you got winning? I got Houston as the one seed going all the way. But I wow. uh, I only ever do one. I don't like the people who fill out like no, you, you can't know, do multiples. What's, what's the point of that? Then they just they show you the one that they're doing the best in. Yeah, super lame. But uh, I got a couple upsets in there. I used that guy Ken Palm. He's got like a really good model, so I use his to find like the areas that I think are good. Are you guys March Madness people? I fill out a bracket. I love I love March Madness. One of the greatest sporting events I've ever been to. I was doing play by play for the uh, the Edmonton Rush uh, in the NLL, and they had a road game in San Jose. And um, I, I said, "Hey, I need a ticket." It was the Elite Eight, and uh, Kansas w- was playing. So I got a ticket. It was it was I was stunned. I got like row five, and it cost me like sixty bucks. Now the only negative was it didn't sell alcohol. I didn't know that. Not that I needed to get buckled, but I used to like to have a drink at the game. And so I just got kind of mixed in with Kansas fans. They had playing UCLA. I didn't cheer for either team. It was one of the greatest sporting experiences. I had no vested interest in either team, but man, was it fun. Like I loved it. I would go back in a heartbeat to, to, to college basketball is so good. Oh, I love it. I don't it. like if, it, if you have good teams playing the, for, for the first time in a long time, there's no Philly team in March madness. Usually there's at least one. Yeah. Villanova or St. Joe's or Temple or LaSalle, pick a team. There's always one. It takes away the interest for me. Like there's no rooting interest. So it's hard. It's harder to, to pay attention. Yeah. I'm filling out my bracket right after the pod. I like to do it always Thursday morning. And I I do like, honestly, 15 minutes of research and then just kind of go off. I I go off the odds. We always know the number 12 seed. There's going to be at least one 12 getting through sometimes too. So kind of go from there like last year man it was upset all over the place so i'm expecting the same thing have you ever gone to vegas for march madness my brother and dad are there today and i secretly wanted to join them that'd be a good time 
Who do I have? Do I have a 12 seed that I have going decently deep? I'm the same as you, Jay. I do like 12 minutes of research. I think I heard someone oh, yeah. on your show it's yesterday just... say Houston's good. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll ride with them. Um, I have the 12 seed Drake. I, I read somewhere that they could they could do half decent. So there you go. There's my there tremendous expertise. Uh, let's get into things. Buy or sell brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. Let's start with Connor McDavid. Best season by someone not named Wayne Gretzky in NHL history. You buying or selling that, Frank? Repeat the question. Connor McDavid, best season by someone not named Wayne Gretzky in NHL history. Uh, I uh, gut reaction want to say yes, but I don't know, man. Mario Lemieux had some pretty amazing seasons. He did. 85 goals in 76 games in 1989. I know. Uh, uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to say no. In a cell. Oddly I, I enough, got, he did not win the heart that year. By the way. Wow. I'm going to go with uh, Lemieux as well, and it's it's not even that season. I'm going with the '93 season. When he had missed 20 games, you know, he'd come back. That's when his first time kind of coming back from the the. Uh, the hell scare and he scored 69 goals and 160 points in 60 games yeah like that was one of the greatest seasons that'd be i think that prorated that would have been the second or third best season behind gretzky's because actually gretzky's best season wasn't his 215 it was actually his 208 when he missed six games but yeah i'll, I'll go with lemieux but the fact that mcdavid's getting close to the conversation is pretty impressive it certainly is uh, all right Next up, I'm going to run through a couple of the divisions. You guys have been talking a lot about playoff races, but I want to talk about the races for the top spots and maybe which team that's a two-seed right now, to use some March Madness terminology, could move into the one-seed spot. The New Jersey Devils, you buying or selling their chances to pass the Canes and win the division, Frank? Um, I would buy. I think their, their chance is real, and the, the statistics would say, and, and odds would say that it's real, especially after the Svechnikov injury. Um, hmm. um, yeah, I'll buy it. Right, They're in it. I can buy any second place team because I can buy the wild. I think the wild actually have a, a statistically better chance because they're one point back. There's no, they have the same amount of games played and they are on fire right now. Cool. I am so impressed by the, by the Minnesota wild. They're kind of the, the little engine that could, uh, none of us expected them to be there. They're sitting there. They're, they're just like, ah, dead cap space. What's dead cap space. We don't care. So uh, I'm going to actually say um, the wild, but I will say the Svechnikov injury and Frank and I are going to talk about that at the end of the pod. That's crushing for the Canes. That is absolutely crushing. Well, yeah, my next, my third and final question was, this one was buy or sell on the Devils, but in the West, would you buy the Wild or the Kings? Which one has a better shot at winning the division? I'm assuming you're going with the Wild then, Jay. Yeah, I'm going with the Wild. You're buying the Wild. Frank, which one are you buying? I know LA was your preseason prediction. (laughs) Um, They're three back, same amount of games played. I don't think either team wins the division. You think the Oilers are jumping them? I think Vegas wins the Pacific, and I think oh. Dallas wins the Central. Oh, I thought you meant between Vegas and L.A. Oh, yeah, I could see that. But I'm not sleeping on the, the abs. Again, 1-3. Wouldn't be surprised to see them win another seven or nine in a row. Yes. They just, they, they've got the goods. That is fair. And uh, 
last final buy and sell that is not hockey related, uh, Jason, I was talking to our CEO, Jay Downton, and he told me you have a trick when you host parties of how you serve shots and it's in a frying pan. That is Buddy. genius. I'm buying See? on that all day. I'll tell you guys right now. So the frying pan is my buddies and I, this goes back many, many years. And so, you know, guys who get together, we're always, you know, having some pre-drinks at the house. And, you know, you try to serve shots. Our buddies, we love shots. Well, you know, you have, you're, you're carrying it around and, you know, a few guys, are, uh, they're talking, they always spill it. It's a joke or you, you try to move it. So what we do is we bring the shots to you. So you get a frying pan, you fill it up with however many, 12, 15 shots, and then you just carry it around right? The, the guy handle. grabs it. Cause as you're moving it, if it spills, it just spills into the frying pan, right? It doesn't spill on the carpet, doesn't spill anywhere. And then the guys grab their shooter. And so it became a tradition. Well, when I got married, actually, I got a frying pan as a gift from, uh, from one of my buddies. Now it's not a good frying pan you'd actually use on the, on the oven. It's strictly for shots because it's a big wide base and you, and I could fit. So when I had house parties, I could fit 25 shots on the frying pan and so many of my neighbors would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, we're getting the frying pan out. And you just go around and, and people were just like, what? Dude, that's like, a lot of shots. Oh, yeah. But buddy, we have a house party. We have a, a plaid party yeah, that on. we have. And, you know, there's like 40 or 50 people every year. And it's become a thing. Like some of the neighbors, they joke and they'd be like, I'm not doing the frying pan. But they always do the frying pan. It comes out around midnight. And I will tell any host. Nighty night. The frying pan is the greatest thing that to, to come. Because if you want to eliminate spillage. You do that. It spills in the frying pan. It doesn't go anywhere else. It's golden. So all day, folks, young guys, young gals, if you like to party, get a frying pan. You will never regret it. I love it. I absolutely love that. All right, there you go. That's a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell, brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm selling on the frying pan. Oh, Frank, I'll tell you right now. As a delivery method, I'm buying, but dude, like, I know I sound like an old man, like shots. Yeah, see, that was right the one now. thing. Like, I was never a big beer guy. I couldn't drink a lot of beer, and I actually figured out why. It turns out brewer's yeast doesn't work with me, and I always felt bloated, and so I don't drink much beer anymore. But I could always do shots from a young age. I love shots. Like, uh, it's fantastic. We used to have one called the Rocky Mountain Bear. 
Sorry for the language, <laughs> but that was the name of the shot. And it was, um, it was four, four ounce. It was a quarter of um, Sambuca, uh, a quarter of Southern comfort, a quarter, like it was harsh, a quarter of tequila and uh, a quarter of whiskey and man, but you had to pour it in the right order. And then it was good. If the bar put it in the wrong order, it wasn't as good. But I'll tell you, like that would put hair on your chest, and, and that would separate the guys. It that used is to be, disgusting. Oh, the only awesome. worst thing I could think of adding to that concoction is Jägermeister. Oh, you don't like Jäger? No, I like it, but not in that, oh. not with that group. But oh no, Jäger cold though. Like Jäger cold. Like honestly, in Germany, it's literally like cold medicine, man. I take Jäger cold all day long. Jäger and Fireball. That's what we serve, Frank, on the on the frying pan, and they're always chilled in the freezer. And when you get them out, oh. So good. It's like Frank the Tank. It tastes so good when it touches your lips, man. It's awesome. Fireball. No can do. Now, hey, speaking of fireball, they're going down in flames. Let's end with the Svechnikov. I I actually had Carolina as one of my losers at the trade deadline because of all the elite talent that everybody else around them added, and they didn't. Now you take Svechnikov. This is a crushing loss. I'll let you finish. Crushing loss for them. Crushing loss, no doubt. But you cannot go back, and I know you were critical before, and that's fine. Um, to have revisionist history, you're thinking that Andrei Svechnikov might blow out his right ACL is, is crazy talk. No, no, um, I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah, saying. No, I know, but I've seen a lot of people reacting like, see, they should have done more. My big uh, criticism of what you just said is that is elite. I, don't, I think Timo Meyer was really the only elite player that moved. I agree. And because of that, they didn't run around – like chickens with their heads cut off trying to get someone else just because I like what they did. They were measured. They took a big swing with the guy that they thought was going to be the difference maker and they didn't get him. So they just tried to, you know, improve on the margins, which I think is fine. And that's it. Yeah. See, to me, when I saw the package that New Jersey gave, I just felt like I would have, I would have offered an extra pick or something to make that deal. I think Meyer was that good. And, and Carolina was that good. Like, I think Carolina, Carolina offered the better package. I'll say it until, until we know what's up with uh, Shakir Mukamadul. And I think Carolina offered the better package. Who do they offer? Uh, they offered one of their top prospects and uh, I think a better pick package than what ended up going or at least the same. Hmm. I got to try to see that package. I like it. Uh, That's unfortunate for them, man. Injuries, we talk about this every year, Frank. The best team sometimes, you know, can get derailed by a key injury at the worst time of year, and I think that's the Hurricanes. That injury uh, might be the reason why they don't get to the Cup. Might be, but... And it's unfortunate. Like, even if they would have added Meyer, that's still a brutal loss. So I agree with you. You can't blame them. That doesn't mean do more. I think they should have done more regardless before the injury. Hockey's Hopefully I'm weird. wrong for Canes fans. Hockey is totally weird. We've seen teams make deep runs without players all the time. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins won a cup without Chris Letang. Like, I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah, they also had two elite two Hall of Famers, though. That's uh, arguably, uh, I should say three, because Marc-Andre Fleury was still on the team. So, Frank, have a good week. We uh, enjoy the uh, quest and um, hostage tape. That's the, uh, the story we'll start and end with today. Uh, I might have to look up hostage tape to see if it works. Yeah, and hey, if you get a nosebleed again, use a tampon. And we're (laughs) we're only... (laughs) You're disgusting. Uh, (laughs) 
We'll, uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.